بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به آمين رب العالمين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي We continue with uh, Kitab al-Salah, right, fiqh of hadith we are busy studying, walhamdulillah. Um, so we are busy with the chapter of Mawaqeet, which deems, deals with the times of Salah. So we'll end off this chapter tonight, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, and move on to the next chapter uh, in Kitab al-Salah, which will be the chapter of Adhan. That we will discuss all the rulings and the fiqh of Adhan and Na'am. So our first hadith for the night reads وعن جبير بن مطعم رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that the messenger of Allah he said يا بني عبد مناف لا تمنعوا أحدا طواف بهذا البيت وصلى أي تساعة شاء من ليل أو نهار رواه الخمسة وصححه الترمذي وابن حبان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم he said أو عبد مناف أو بني عبد مناف the people of عبد مناف so this address is to is to them he's talking to them directly the people the tribe called عبد مناف مناف was who have you heard this name before مناف was one of the forefathers of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi we know his lineage is Muhammad ibn Abdullah his father was Abdullah and his grandfather was Abd, Abdul was his father. His grandfather was? Abdul Muttalib, right? Ibn Abdullah, Ibn Abdul Muttalib, Ibn Hashim, Ibn Abdi Manaf. Understand? So this was the tribe of the Prophet as well. I think it was his, we count as, it's his fourth, right? Up, up to four uh, centuries, uh, or four fathers, uh, in, in his lineage, right? And Abdi Manaf, this tribe, they were in charge of looking after the Haram, Masjid al Haram, right? They looked after the Haram. So obviously, they could close up the Haram, open up the Haram, they took care of the Haram, like we have today. You know, the Saudis, they are now, as they call themselves, Khadimul Haramain, those people who are the custodians and the servants of the, of the Haram. So in those days, it was who? This tribe called Abdi Manaf. Rasulullah says to them, O tribe of Abdi Manaf, Do not prevent anybody from making tawaf of this house. You are not allowed to stop any time the salah or the tawaf. You are not allowed to prevent anybody from making tawaf or salah. أي ساعة شاء no matter what time it is من ليل أو نهار night or day so it doesn't matter what time of the day or night it is you are not allowed to stop anybody from making tawaf or or salah this is basically the the hadith the hadith is in the five books authenticated by At-Tirmidhi and Ibn, Hab, uh, Ibn Hibban um, so this includes what 
it includes the times that we spoke about last week. That those times which are manhi'an, meaning the forbidden times of, of prayer. We spoke about the times of salah that, that where it is forbidden to make nafil salah. Understand? What, what are those times? After Fajr. After Fajr. Asr and Zawal. Right? So this hadith, he says to Abdi Manaf, those people in charge of the haram, you don't allow any, you are not allowed to stop anybody from salah or tawaf any time of the day, night or day. This therefore includes those times. It includes the the times where it is forbidden to make salah. Right? And this is because masajid, it belongs to Allah. It doesn't belong to you. You may be looking after, you may be in charge in terms of you are uh, managing the affairs of the masjid. Right? You are running the affairs of the masjid. But the masajid belongs to who? Allah. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Suratul Al-Jinn. Allah says, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ And surely the masajid, they are for, for Allah. They belong to Allah. لِلَّهِ so do not call on anybody besides Allah. And Allah says in Surah Baqarah, And who is more wrong and who is more astray than the one who prevents the name of Allah from being mentioned in his mosques? Allah says, who is more astray than the one who prevents the name of Allah from being mentioned in the masajid? In the houses of Allah. Understand? So, to close up a masjid is not actually permissible. Especially when there's a need for that masjid at that time. Like the time of salah, like there's a class or something. You can't just close up the masjid and say, no, we, we, uh, uh, we're not going to be there. Or we don't feel like running the masjid. If it's a house of Allah, it needs to be open. Right? Obviously, there's a need to close up. Then there's a need to close up. But the general rule is the masajid needs to be opened and people must be allowed to, to use the house of Allah to, to make dhikr and to make salah and so forth. So in our situation, for example, the masajid, they close at night and they open up at fajr again. Is there a need for this? There's a need because of safety, because of theft and crime. So there's a need for this. Right? We can't afford to have security standing outside the masjid and patrolling the masjid whole night, 24-7. So this is why most masajid, they close up. Because the situation here is such that um, it's costly to stay open and it's also not safe <coughs> to stay open. So this is a need and so this is something that of course makes sense and Allah knows best. From the benefits of the hadith, Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he mentions that there's one issue we need to look at with this hadith. And that is the issue of the times of salah where it is forbidden. And here the hadith is saying you are not allowed to stop the salah nor can you stop the, the tawaf. Understand? So what exactly does this mean? What, is that, what implications does this have compared to the ahadith that we spoke about last week? Where we proved that there are times of salah where it's clearly forbidden to make salah. How do we 
make jam of these these this, these these ahadith. How do we understand this hadith in light of those ahadith? Where the instruction is, you are not allowed to prevent anybody from salah. But yet we, we learned in the previous ahadith that there are at least three times during the day where it is forbidden to, to make salah. How do we reconcile between these ahadith? Does the hadith mean if you're praying in the haram, you can pray anytime? Speaking about the haram, or does it not mean that? Right? If we look at the hadith, who is the hadith speaking to? Speaking to? Who is the Prophet speaking to in the hadith? Right? Those who are running the Abdi Manaf, Bani Abdi Manaf, right? It's speaking to them. Why? Because they have the wilayah, they are looking after the haram. It is saying to them, and it's not speaking to the, the general population of the ummah. The, the address is to them. To say, you are in charge, but you are not allowed to stop the salah or the tawaf at any time. So this hadith is not saying it's permissible to make salah at any time. The hadith is saying you are not allowed to stop the salah at any time. It's, it's, it's addressing them and not necessarily the, the general population, the ammah. And nor does it contradict the previous hadith that we spoke about. Why not? Yani, what's the wisdom in this? Firstly, tawaf. Tawaf, we say, is not salah. It's not a salah. So there's no time for, for tawaf where it is forbidden. So tawaf, you can make any time of the day. After asr, after fajr, zawah, no problem. Right? The, the, the restrictions are on the on salah during those times. So that's the issue of tawaf, firstly. And the hadith proves that tawaf is not salah. Because it distinguishes between the, the two. As for the salah issue, then there may be people coming for tahiyatul masjid. After asr they enter, if they were to say no salah at this time, what about those people making tahiyatul masjid? What about somebody coming late for salah? He said, he missed the Asr Jama'ah, he comes and he makes Asr. And the authorities say what? You're not allowed to make Salah in this time. You understand? So, yes, the ruling is that we are not allowed to make those Nafil Salahs. But there will be people making certain Salahs that they have a reason for making. And we said last week those Salahs are permissible in this time. Like if you are late for Salah, or they have to make qada of another salah, or they have to repeat the salah that they made a mistake in, made salah without wudu. Now they're going to repeat that salah they've made in that time. Or tahiyatul masjid, or istikhara, or the two rakat of the tawaf, or two rakat of the wudu. And we explained this. There may be people in the haram, or in any other masjid, that are making salah for a reason, and therefore that salah is permissible in those times. So, no masjid is therefore allowed to to say there's no salah allowed in this time. Because you don't know what that person's intention is. You don't know what that person's niyyah is when he is making salah. Understand? At this, so this also means you cannot go to them and say to them, look, stop making salah. Unless you know yani, the intention. So if you're sitting beside somebody, 
we finish the fard of Asr, we just sitting in the masjid and he decides to stand up and make nafil salah. In that case, you can say to him, brother, oh, what, what salah are you making? You know, you can inquire from him. And he says, no, I'm just making nafil. Then you can say to him, look, you know the ruling is, and it's forbidden to make salah in this time. Then that's something different. But you're not restricting the, the whole masjid and saying no salah allowed. If you are giving da'wah to somebody, you are teaching somebody something that he perhaps did not, did not know. And most, a lot of Muslims don't know this. It's a fact. So in this case, we say this is permissible. This is nahi'an in munkar. You see him making a mistake, you can rectify him. But this doesn't mean that you can stop and make a rule in the masjid that there is no salah allowed um, in this time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Right? So this applies to any masjid as well, not only to the to the haram. This applies to any masjid and not only to the haram of Mecca or the haram of uh, Al-Madina. So the issue here that another issue that the Sheikh mentions on this hadith is the issue of preventing people from doing certain things in a masjid. So here we learn tawaf. Of course, in the haram, you cannot stop it. Tawaf happens nowhere else but in the, in the haram. Salah, we can say in any masjid, you are not allowed to stop the people from salah. But the sheikh mentions, what if you have people, you know, that come to the masajid, and they are busy with certain actions and certain deeds that are not permissible. They are coming to the masjid for that deed. Let's say they come to the masjid and they are, and you're in charge of the masjid. You are in charge of the, you are, you have the wilayah of the masjid. You are the authority over the affairs of that masjid. And they come to the masjid for the purpose of, let's say a maulid, or some action that's considered a bid'ah in the deen of Allah. Do you have permission, permission to put a stop to this action? And to turn him away and say, no, you're not allowed to have this, this, this action over here. Or do we apply this hadith and say, you're not allowed to? Prevent anything from happening in the in the masjid. Because you are in charge, right? And Allah Alam that is the correct ruling. Right? As long as there's no fear of a greater fitna. There's no fear for a, a greater fitna. For example, if you were to stop, there'll be a massive fight. People start fighting, physically fighting. Becomes a huge thing. In this case, if you can see this is going to happen, then you walk away and you allow it to happen. And you can maybe take some steps in the future to prevent it. But otherwise, you should prevent this from happening. This doesn't fall under the ayah which we said, where... You preventing the name from Allah of being for the name of Allah from being mentioned in the masajid. This doesn't fall into that ayah. You are doing nahi anil munkar. It's a bid'ah which means it's haram. So you are preventing the haram from taking place in the in the masjid. So this is of course permissible in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this. But again, this requires hikmah. This requires hikmah that you can see, look, this people they are gonna get violent if you stop them now. And this people are gonna get seriously crazy. Let's rather walk out and leave them. Right? And this also may be where the masajid should be have yani, foresight. 
that you know in the few you you know this is the rule in this masjid. Anybody comes to the masjid, this is the rule. You know they shouldn't even try and come and try these things in the masjid, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. Any questions on this hadith? The next hadith is from Ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma an al-Nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal al-shafaq al-humrah narrated by Ad-Daraqutni and authenticated by Ibn Khuzaymah wa ghayruhu waqfahu This hadith firstly al-shafaq al-humrah it means that the evening twilight is its redness the evening twilight is its redness so firstly Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah says that this hadith, the author Rahimahullah, Ibn Hajar Rahimahullah, he should have included this hadith earlier on. Not in this context necessarily. When we spoke about the time of Maghrib and the time of, you know, the time of the Salahs, this hadith should have been placed there and not over here. I understand? Because now we're speaking about times when it's forbidden. And now we're going back to a time for Maghrib. So it's a bit out of context. But he says perhaps the Sheikh made a mistake or he forgot or Allah alam. He was of course a human being after all. So the hadith says Ashafakul Humrah. Ashafak refers to twilight. When it's you know that after the sun has set, that uh, effects in the sky, you see that colour in the sky, it refers to this. After the sun, yani that you understand what I'm saying. So what when does Maghrib end basically? Right? When does Maghrib end? Is it when there's white in the sky? Is it when that redness has disappeared and so forth? This hadith is saying that Ashafaqul Humrah it's, is its redness. Is its, its redness. Right? This Ibn Uthaymin says usually longs about, lasts about uh, 90 minutes. He says sometimes, sometimes less, sometimes more and so forth. But as we, the moment that redness disappears, right? The moment that redness disappears, then the time of Maghrib generally has, has ended. So after the sun has set, there's redness and orangeness in the sky. Maghrib usually lasts about 90 minutes, 75 minutes. Depends on the season, depends where you are in the world, obviously. Um, but once that redness disappears completely, and it's now complete darkness, or the sky is completely black, or dark, then Isha has come in and Maghrib has, Maghrib has ended. Maghrib has, has ended. Any questions on this hadith? There was an issue in Cape Town a few years back, over the, the time of Isha Salah, over the time of, for Isha Salah, where certain masajid have a rule, we pray Isha, one hour and, 10 minutes after Maghrib. So once the time of, let's say Maghrib is at 6 p.m., then 10 past 7 will be Isha. They give Maghrib exactly an hour and 10 minutes. Understand? Many masajid still have this rule. I've seen masajid with the, with the poster up to say, with the i'lan saying, Isha will be one hour and 10 minutes after Maghrib. Meaning nobody should come in there and argue and debate. But, some ulama, local ulama, they, they were against this because they felt this was not enough time for that redness to completely disappear. They felt this was not enough time for the, that shafaq al-humrah to completely disappear. Yani, 
after an hour and ten minutes it could still be Maghrib and perhaps Isha did not come in yet you understand and one of the senior ulama he went up to Signal Hill and he actually sat there throughout this waqt of Maghrib and he watched the sky and he concluded that after an hour and ten minutes the sky still had redness within it the sky still had redness within it which means that Maghrib has not ended that one hour, one hour and ten minutes is not actually sufficient so it should be maybe 20 minutes to be on the safe side you understand? Uh, I think it was Malata Kiran who's the Mufti of the MJC the head uh, or the Fatwa Department the Research Department he's one of the most you know, ulama in, you know, in the local ulama over that we have so this was what he concluded um, so some masajid will delay and some masajid will have it on time I would say to be on the side of caution you should delay this beyond that hour and ten minutes remember where we are we cannot see the entire horizon right so you can't judge from standing outside and you're looking into the sky that's why he went up the mountain and to look so we, had, we, could, we could have a proper view understand where the sun is setting and the entire sky and then he could make the judgment so this is something that is important because obviously from the shurut of salah is that you the time has to be in before you pray so if isha is not in and you make your salah immediately at that point it could be a problem it could be a a problem so some people say no it's fine because the adhan only goes at that time and then we wait 10 minutes and then we start the with isha but the issue here is perhaps when they start the salah it's fine because the waqt is in but what about the people at home you may have a female a lady making salah at home she says hey it's 10 past 7 it's isha 11 minutes past 7, it's Isha. So she sits on the Musala and she makes. You understand? So this is where it can become a problem. It can become a problem when you say an hour and ten. That excuse the masajid are making is not sufficient. To say, well, we do delay in any case the jama'ah. That's not sufficient. So it's just, and we need to be a bit more cautious. If somebody went and did the, and checked, and said it's not sufficient an hour and ten minutes, we should delay to at least an hour and twenty to make sure you know that the time has has set. Was there a question at the back? Um, so the hadith proves that the time for Maghrib ends when that redness completely disappears. Right? When the, when the redness completely um, disappears. The next hadith is from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. He said, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Al-Fajru Fajran. He said, when it comes to Fajr, there is two Fajrs. There is two periods of dawn. Fajrun yuharrimu ta'ama wa tahillu fihi salah. The first Fajr is the Fajr where eating becomes prohibited for who? For the fasting person. Eating becomes prohibited for who? For the person who wants to, wants to fast. Wa tahillu fihi salah and salah of subh becomes permissible. What Fajr is this? What do we call this Fajr? Huh? What was that? I think I heard the right answer. True dawn. Correct. True dawn. It's okay if you make a mistake. You know they say there are certain people who will never learn. Some, somebody that's too shy to seek knowledge will never learn. 
So if there's a question or you have an answer, say the answer. If it's wrong and you get the and you're rectified, you remember it forever. And if it's right, you will remember. And if you never ask, you never learn. And of course, on the other side, the person who's arrogant will never learn as well. This is called true dawn. Or fajr as-sadiq. Al-fajr as-sadiq. True fajr, the true dawn. What's the rulings here? Eating has to stop when fajr comes in. With the sa'im. Right? We know this. And salah becomes permissible. What salah? We're talking about the fard salah. Salah to subh. The second fajr, it says, وَفَجْرٌ تَحْرُمُ فِيهِ الصَّلَاةِ وَيَحِلُّ فِيهِ الطَّعَامِ the, fa- the second fajr is a fajr where salah is not permissible. And we are specifically speaking about which salah? Salatul fajr is not permissible in this time. And eating is still permissible in this time. What is this fajr called? False dawn. Fajr kathib. Kadib actually means a liar. In this case, we say Fajr Kadib means a, a false dawn. It's not truly Fajr actually. So there's a period before Fajr where it looks like the sky is lighting up. And people may think this is actually Fajr. But this is Fajr Kadib. The Hadith is saying there's two times of Fajr. You must be careful. Fajr Kadib <coughs> is where eating is permissible. Why? It's not your time of Fajr. The one who wants to fast can still have Suhoor. But the salah of subuh is not permissible yet. Because the time has not entered yet. Understand this? So there's two times of fajr. And of course there are different rulings. In these times. Right? In these, th- in these times. The next hadith adds on to this. In Al-Hakim. On the hadith of Jabir. A similar hadith. وَزَادَ فِي الَّذِي يُحَرِّمُ الطَّعَامِ And as to that fajr way. Eating is not permissible. Fajr sadiq. Right? He adds on to this. إِنَّهُ يَذْهَبُ مُسْتَطِيلًا فِي الْأُفُقِ وَفِي الْآخَرِ إِنَّهُ كَذَنَبِ السِّرْحَانِ Regarding the Fajr of Sadiq, he says that the streaks of light of the true dawn, يعني regarding Fajr Sadiq, widely spread on the horizon. Widely spread on the horizon. In another one, it's a, another narration, it says, it is like the wolf's tail. Like the wolf's tail. Right? So, there are other hadith in Sahih Muslim, another hadith in At Tirmidhi and Ahmad, where the Prophet said, La yam na'annakum min suhurikum. You should not be prevented by your, of your suhur. By the Adhan of Bilal. So there would be a, like we have in the Haram today, is Adhan before Fajr, am I right? People call it a Tahajjud Adhan. It's not actually for Tahajjud. But this is the first Adhan and this is the official Adhan for Fajr. Right? When you hear the Adhan for Bilal, the Prophet is saying what? Don't stop your Suhoor. You don't need to stop your Suhoor. So Bilal's job was to give the first Adhan. Okay? This was false false dawn. Right? Don't stop your fajr, sorry, your suhoor, when you hear the adhan of Bilal. And your fajr, don't start fajr. Because fajr is not actually in yet. Don't make fajr yet. 
Walal fajrul mustatil Walakin al fajru al mustatiru fil ufuq Because fajr is actually when the When that lights, that streaks of light that's coming is obviously from the sun The sun is starting to, before it's starting to come up That streaks of light needs to Spread across the horizon and not straight up And not straight up If you go on Google and you search Fajr Kadib Go to images Go to images, you will see people have taken photos and you will see the difference in what we mean by spreading across and by spreading up. You will see this whiteness in the sky that's going straight up. This is Fajr Kadib. This is not truly Fajr. Fajr Sadiq, you will see that that line is going sideways, lengthways across the horizon. Understand? This is what the hadith says. Hadith is quite clear on this. The hadith in At-Tirmidhi, likewise the hadith in Muslim as well. So, of course, we are again on the issue of Fajr Kadib and Fajr Sadiq, right? Clear hadith speaking about this. What are the differences between the two? Fajr Sadiq, the true dawn, as we said, it has rulings, which is, it's permissible now to make Fajr, the Salah of Subh, and it's not permissible to eat any longer for the, for the fasting person, right? Those streaks of light, that whiteness in the sky, will be spread Across the, across the, the sky, okay, as opposed to Fajr Kadib, as opposed to Fajr Kadib. Secondly, Fajr Sadiq has no darkness after it. There is no time of, for any darkness after it. So when Fajr starts, right? When this Fajr Sadiq comes in, what happens? It just becomes more and more light. Sun starts to come up. Fajr Kadib, you will see this whiteness in the sky, and then it becomes dark again. And then Fajr Sadiq comes in. So the difference between the two is, after Fajr Sadiq, there is no, no darkness. It will just become light, and more and more light, right? Um, and also thirdly, Fajr al-Sadiq, that light will be connected to the horizon. That light will be connected to the horizon. It will be like, you know, it will be part of, as it's coming up, you will see this connected to the horizon. Fajr Kadib is not connected. So it's a bit higher up in the sky. It's a bit higher up in the sky. It's not connected to the, you know, if you look at the end of the horizon, you will see that light. Light is not over there, it's actually higher up. You know, that's the one, another difference. Shaykh uh, Rahman al-Si'di, rahimahullah, was actually a teacher of Ibn Uthaymin. He says that that time between the two is approximately a half an hour. Approximately a, a half an hour. And then it disappears, Fajr Kadib. And then comes Fajr Sadiq and, and so forth. Um, benefits of this hadith... Right, so of course, the issue of the rulings is the most important. That salah becomes permissible of subh, where it was not permissible during Fajr Kadib, and eating for the fasting person be, has to stop. Right, this is also mentioned in the Quran. Surah Baqarah, Allah said, وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ The Quran says, and eat and drink until that white line 
becomes clear to you from the black line of Fajr. So until that line, that Fajr Sadiq, you see it coming in, as we explained, that streak, that lightness, that, uh, and it's uh, connected to the horizon. As that time comes in, this is when you have to stop eating, because this is where Fajr Sadiq comes into play. Tayyib. Um, last benefit in this hadith is the hikmah of Allah Azza wa Jal. There's hikmah in this, that there's two Fajrs. What's the hikmah in it? Yes, what's the wisdom in there being two fajrs? So what's the wisdom in the false fajr? What was that? You prepare yourself for We could say tahajjud. But actually you prepare yourself for fasting. So that you make sure, hey, it's already fajr, there's the adhan going. Adhan of Bilal. Which means, I got 25, half an hour left, I got to get down to my suhoor. Anyway, I didn't make witr, I got to get down to my witr because fajr is nearly in. So it's like a quick warning to say, fajr is approaching. There's the adhan of Bilal, fajr kadib, which means fajr sadiq is approaching. Fajr sadiq is approaching, so get ready for fajr. Prepare yourself, get down with your suhoor. Take wudu, get ready for the masjid. If you didn't pray witr, you need to pray witr before fajr starts and so forth. So there is definitely wisdom in this and Allah knows best. Um, the next hadith is from Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. He said, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama said, He said, the best of a'mal, the best of deeds are salah, in the beginning of its time. In the, in the start, the beginning of its, of its time. And we are speaking about which a'mal Your physical deeds. Right? Not necessarily your a'mal. It comes from the heart, like your belief and tawakkul and fear and love. There are obviously different types of deeds. You get deeds of the tongue, you get deeds of the heart, and you get deeds of your limbs. We are speaking about the deeds of the, of the limbs in this case. We are speaking about the deeds of the, of the limbs specifically. That the best of deeds of your limbs are salah fi awwali waqtiha. Salah in the beginning of its time. Which salah is this? Okay. It means every salah. All salahs. Yani the word salah is general which means all salah. Right? But as you mentioned, we spoke about previously others, an exception to this rule. So we got the general rule now, which is the best action is salah on the beginning of its time. But we know there's an exception. We know that there are exceptions. For example, Isha we spoke about. Right? For example, Isha we said it's better to delay the Isha. The hadith said that the Prophet is to prefer and he said this is the best time for Isha and it was late at night and he said he would have made it such but he feared that it would be difficult upon the Ummah but so he didn't basically you know fix it to that time but he says this is this is truly the best time for um, Isha also which what was the other example we gave for delaying Salah yes 
No, we didn't give that as an example. That's something different. When it's extremely hot, we said every do be salah. Let cool down. Let things cool down, and then you pray salah late. Like like uh, traveling means you combine. That's something different. We this the word must still be prayed in its time, but at the end of the walk because of the extreme heat. For example, we spoke about that uh, that hadith. The, in Sahih Muslim and Bukhari, there's another version of the hadith. It says ahabul a'mali ila Allah. As-salatu ala waqtiha. Different wording. The hadith says, the most beloved actions to Allah is salah on time. When the salah is prayed on time. Understand? Slightly different. This one says the best of action. This one says the most beloved of actions to Allah is As-salatu ala waqtiha. Is when salah is prayed on its time. Right? And we spoke about the issue of delaying certain times. Like the Isha, like if it's hot. And also if you delay a little bit for Jama'ah. If you know, look, if instead of praying now, I'd rather pray half an hour later because there'll be a Jama'ah. And that's obviously preferred. And that's obviously better for you delay and so forth. But otherwise, if the Jama'ah is ready, you pray in the beginning of the time. There's no harm in waiting 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the Masajid for allowing people to, to come and to gather and to increase the Jama'ah. This is something good, inshallah. The next hadith is from Abi Mahdurah radiallahu anhu anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal that the Prophet said awalul waqti ridwanullah wa awsatuhu rahmatullah wa akhiruhu afwullah akhrajahu al-darakutni bisanadin da'ifin jiddan The hadith says that the first time the beginning of the time is the pleasure of Allah yani when you make salah in the early part of the of the waqt you get the pleasure of Allah and there's almost nothing better than that. Allah is pleased with you. That includes Allah's mercy, Allah's forgiveness, everything. If Allah is pleased with you, you've attained success. As the hadith says, that the people of Jannah, the people of Jannah, Allah will ask them, what is it that you desire? Allah will speak to the people of Jannah and say, what is it that you, that you desire, what is it that you want? And they will say, Ya Allah, you've given us such and such and everything. And they will say, Uhillu alaykum ridwani fala askhutu alaykum ba'dahu abada. And then Allah will say to them, after everything that they can mention, I have given you my pleasure. I am pleased with you. And I will never ever be angry with you again. Implying that there is nothing better than this. This implies that there is nothing actually better than this. That this is the greatest of all bounties. When Allah is officially pleased with you, where you achieve the, the pleasure of Allah. The hadith says, to pray in the beginning of the time, you get the, the pleasure of Allah. Will be perfect. Well, there will be no shortcomings. There's no no. Allah I don't think it will be like robots. You have your desires that you can be able to fulfill with no limit. But they won't be like negatives. With no negatives. And they won't even penetrate the heart. Meaning? 
Like no hasad, no hate, no no nothing. That's all completely gone. In Jannah that doesn't exist. Right? The hadith then says, وَأَوْسَطُهُ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ And the middle of the time is the, the, the mercy of Allah. The rahmah of Allah. وَآخِرُهُ عَفُوا اللَّهِ At the end of the time, you get the pardon of Allah. But this hadith is in a darukutni with an extremely weak chain. With an ta'if jiddan. It's very, very weak. Understand? Of course, we do not depend on this hadith. So we don't say the middle is like this, the end is like this, and the first... We don't say that because the hadith is inauthentic, right? And there's another narration in Tirmidhi which is also weak, basically, Ibn Hajar says. What's the benefit of him mentioning this hadith? So that we learn that it's weak. People may quote the hadith, at least now we know the hadith is da'if, so we don't, we don't use that hadith at all. Question? Salam. The next hadith from Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma anna rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal The Messenger of Allah he said La salata ba'da al-fajri illa sajdatayn akhrajahu al-khamsa illa al-nasai He said there is no salah after fajr except for two sajdas except for two sajdas This hadith is written by the five except for nasai in another narration, he says in Abdul Razak's book, لا صلاة بعد طلوع الفجر إلا ركعتي الفجر. There is no salah after the طلوع الفجر. After the time of fajr has come, except for the two rakaat of fajr. And the same was noted by Darakutni from from Ibn Amr ibn Al As radiyallahu anhu. Right? Again, the author could have placed this hadith. More strategically, that we've left the times where Sarah is forbidden. Correct? Now we're coming back to a hadith that speaks about this again. Yeah, he could have maybe placed it over there, it would have been best, and Allah knows best. Um, also, we've explained what this term, la salah, means. That there's no salah. Can you remember what we said? I said there's three possibilities. If I say the hadith says there's no salah, it could mean one of three things. It could mean no salah exists. And it doesn't actually exist. This is of course not this is of course false. It could mean that no, not accepted. Not accepted. So not accepted, not valid. Or thirdly it could mean So the highest level is it doesn't exist. We say the, you can make salah, it exists. Secondly, it could mean it's not valid. No, it's not valid. Thirdly, perfect. It's not complete, it's not perfect. So the third level is it could mean that there's no, it, there's no proper salah. There's no, it's valid, but it's not perfect. Yeah, it's not preferred, but it's valid. This is the third possible meaning. Right? We explained this before and we said in this case it means in, when you're speaking about the times of when salah is forbidden, it means which which of the three? Can't mean the first. It's either not valid or it's valid but with with huh? Right. So which one is it? Is it valid or not? In the time when it's forbidden to pray. Right? We say it's not valid. 
we see that these what not valid says nafiu siha which means you pray in a time it's invalid if you know the rulings if you pray just a normal nafil right it would be invalid and allah knows best to say that it means the third one we need dalil to divert us away from that we need proof to say no it is valid but it's just not preferred you understand that we need a proof for that and allah knows best um so the hadith says that there is no salah after fajr except for the the two sajdas what does this refer to Huh? Peter. Peter. No. Except for the two rakaat. What's the two rakaat? The sunnah before fajr. There's two rakaat the sunnah before fajr. Right? We know this is the, the best two rakaat of all the rakaat of the day except for witr. Which is the best? Then there's two, then the others. Right? The hadith is basically saying, when the time of Fajr comes, there is no salah to be made except for two rakaat. Which means the two before Fajr. Then you got to wait, then it's the fard. Then it's the fard. Right? This is what the hadith is basically saying. Um, what do we say about Tahiyat al-Masjid? Yeah, you're allowed to. Right? It's a specific salah we said. It's not just a general nafil. You're making it for a specific reason. So, the best would be, the adhan goes, and you pray your sunnah at home. You pray your two, that, su- that two sunnahs of fajr, you pray it at home, then you go to the masjid. When you get to the masjid, you see, hey, there's still two minutes left. I have time for tahiyat to masjid. You pray tahiyat to masjid. There's no problem with this, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, and then you pray make the fart. Understand this? Um... طيب. And then the next hadith said that لا صلاة بعد طلوع الفجر إلا ركعة الفجر We discussed that one now ولا صلاة بعد صلاة الفجر إلا سجدتين After the time of Fajr there is no salah to be made except for the, the two sajdas Right? So we explain this to mean the ratiba The ratiba You can learn this word The ratiba Which is What is the ratiba? Plural is the rawatib. Do we know this word? The rawatib. Never heard this word before. The rawatib. Not the ratib. The rawatib. Or the ratiba. The ratiba is the salah, the sunnah salahs that are attached to the fard. The sunnah salahs that are attached to the fard salah. Rawatib. So before Fajr, we said there's two. Before the word, there's four and after, two after the word. Two before, after Maghrib and two after Isha. It makes 12 altogether. There are 12 raka'at of rawatib to be made every day. Right? Whoever makes that, Allah grants it make a house in Jannah. Rawatib. Right? This is the word. Or the ratibah. So the hadith speaks about the, the ratibah. The issue here is... Making salah between that time. Yani after the adhan and the iqamah. Of course, is the two raka'at of fajr. Can you make more than that? Can you make more than that? We say, firstly, the hadith says what? 
only the two rakaat. Secondly, the hadith, another hadith also explains that the Prophet ﷺ used to make takhfif of these rakaat. It was a very light two, two simple short rakaat. It wasn't heavy, it wasn't long, it wasn't, understand? And it was done. It wasn't, he didn't elongate the salah. So firstly, this hadith says there is nothing except the two. And we know that the two was very short, sweet and light. So does it make sense to then add on and make another two? And another two? It's very clear what the sunnah here is to make the two and to, to wait for the salah. It's very clear from these two points that the hadith says there is nothing except this two. And secondly, that the Prophet ﷺ used to make it very short and then wait for the salah. So this is what we should do. You make the two rakaat and you wait. If you coming into the masjid, we explained last week about the different options you have. You can make two by two. Two for the head of masjid, two for fajr, no problem. Or you can make it with one niya, this is also no problem. Right? Or you can make it like I said, you make the two at home. You get to the masjid and then you make the tahit al masjid, this is also no problem. Tayyib. But this time here is not a time where the salah is forbidden. You understand? This is not a time where the salah is forbidden. It's not one of the three times of the day where salah is forbidden. That time is after Fajr. So to say it's haram to make salah in this time, we don't say that. We don't say that it is haram to make salah in this time. Because this is not one of the three times during the day where salah is forbidden. Is this understood? After Fajr is a different ball game. Because of the previous hadith we spoke about. These are the times it's not permissible to make salah. This time here, we say it's not preferred. It's not preferred. And it's not from the sunnah. Understand? It's not from the sunnah, so we shouldn't do it. But if somebody does it, it may be accepted. It may be accepted, but it's not preferred. I mentioned the narration of Sa'id ibn Musayyib rahimahullah last week. When he came in the masjid, he saw somebody making two and two and two. And he said to this person, the sunnah is to make two, why are you making more? The man said to him, are you saying I'll be punished for making salah? He said, you will not be punished for making salah, you will be punished for opposing the sunnah. You will be punished for opposing the sunnah. Shaban rahimahullah used this and he said, this is a, an unsheathed sword on Ahlul Bid'ah. People will say we don't like dhikr and salawat and these things because we stop them from it. So that you are not, you are opposing the sunnah. This is how the salaf understood things. So in this case, your salah may be accepted, but we say don't make nafil in that time. Your nafil should have been done before. Or you get after ishraq and so forth. Otherwise, this is not the, the preferred time for salah. Tahiyatul masjid, no problem. That's for a specific reason. And Allah knows best. طيب, any questions on that hadith? The last hadith for the evening is from Um Salama, radiallahu anha. She said, Salla Rasulullah sallallahu sallam al-asra, thumma dakhala bayti fa salla raka'atayn. She says, Um Salama, or the mother of the believers, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu she says that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi made salatul asr in the masjid. And then he came home to her. Bayti, he came to my house. rakatain, And then he made two rakaat. See the problem here? 
When is he making it? After Asr, it's a time when Salah is forbidden. So Um Salama realized this. She was like, well, why is he making it to Raka'at? Fasa'altuhu. She says, I asked him about this. He says, Shughiltu an raka'ataini ba'da dhuhri fasallaytuhum al-an. He says, I was distracted and I became busy and therefore I did not pray the two raka'at after dhuhr. We say there's two for ratiba, there's two after dhuhr, correct? He says, I became busy and I couldn't make the two raka'at after dhuhr. So I prayed them now. So I prayed it when? I prayed it now after asr. And طيب uh, get to this next part of the hadith. Now we know about Um Salama. We've spoken about Um Salama. We've spoken about her and how she was married to the Prophet She was married to Abu Salama. Abu Salama passed away. The Prophet made dua for him. He was a great man. Rajallahu anhu. He came to him. He closed his eyes and he made dua for him. The Prophet prayed for him and he said, Allahumma Abi Salama. Allah forgive Abu Salama and raise him. His status and make him amongst those who are rightly guided fil Mahdiyin. And make his qabr spacious and grant him nur in his qabr. Wakhlufhu fi aqibihi and grant him a successor from his lineage. Asa made five du'as for him when he passed away. Right? And Um Salama, what was the hadith she acted upon? When he passed away, she said, What was it that she said? She said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. And Allahumma ajudni fi musibati wa khlufli khayran minha. The hadith says whoever says this, when there's a musibah, a calamity, Allah will give him better than what he lost. Huh? We spoke about this before. So she believed in this hadith. But she also used to say, but who can be better than Abu Salama? Yani he was such a great man. I believe the hadith of Rasulullah said it. But truly, who am I going to get that's better than Abu Salama? Long story short, she married Rasulullah Sallallahu Better than Abu Salama. Better than Abu Salama. And as for those offspring of Abu Salama, the Prophet prayed for his offspring. What happened to this offspring? They were raised by the Prophet Sallallahu himself. The tarbiyah was done by the Prophet Sallallahu for this offspring. Radiallahu anhum. So Um Salama was one of the wise and clever wives of the Prophet Sallallahu and during the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, what happened was is the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed Asr and there was a delegation that came. There was a delegation that came and he had to give his time to them. So instead of, sorry, he prayed Zohar, sorry. He prayed Zohar and after Zohar he had to see to the delegation. So he knew, look, the Sunnah will have to wait here because there's something important to take, to take care of. These people have to deal with him, maybe invite him to Islam, you know, bring the ties and the relation close and so forth. So he left of the sunnah because he knew it's not a fard. See the, the yani you have to give importance to where it's needed. And he went to, the, to see to the delegation. And this is why he was not able to make the, the sunnah. So when he made Asr eventually, he went to the house of Um Salama and he made two raka'at. And this is where Musalama saw and she said to him, uh, you know, why do you make two raka'at? And he said, I was distracted and I was too busy to make the two after the Quran. I'm making them now. Okay. So the next part of the hadith says, فَقُلْتُ أَفَنَقْضِيهِمَا إِذَا فَاتَتَا قَالَ لَا She then said, oh Rasulullah, does that mean we need to make it up? 
if we make up, if we lose this, can we make it up now? So he said, no, not allowed. Not a, not allowed. Now here, there's a slight problematic, problematic issue with this hadith. There's two opinions on this. The one group of scholars, they say that this is specifically for the Prophet only. This was only allowed for him to make it up after Asr because Asr is a time where it's prohibited to make Salah. Understand? So this is the view of Ibn Uthaymin. He says this was specific to the Prophet And so for the rest of us, we are not allowed to make up the Salah after Asr because it's a time where it's forbidden to make Salah. This is understood. Other ulama say this part of the hadith where she asks him, should we make it up? And he said, no, this part is weak. This part is what? It's weak. There are many other narrations of the story happening and not one narration mentions this part. That's one issue. And there are other issues on it. If you, it's a different program. I don't want to go into all the reasons why it's weak. The point is, we say it's weak. This part is what? It's weak. Which means it would be, become permissible. Based on this saying it's weak, it would be fine for us to also make it up after Asr. It will be fine for us also to make up that salah after Asr. Well, you're not going to delay it until Tahajjud time. You're going to make it up as soon as you... The general rule is, if you forgot to make salah or you overslept, right? Remember, this is on an excuse basis. This doesn't mean, uh, I'm going to make Maghrib and then I don't feel like making Sunnah. I'm going to go rather relax. And I'll make the sunnah for Maghrib after Isha. That is not on. That's not permissible. It means what? He says, Shughil to, I was distracted. I couldn't do it. I was genuinely busy. <coughs> I understand? Yeah, this is a, the, the same with the Fard Salah. You cannot miss the Fard Salah and make it up when you feel like. Right? If you have a valid excuse, you overslept genuinely. You forgot. Right? You were in an exam room. You couldn't come out. You were a doctor, you're busy operating on a surgery, you is no way you could stop. That's an excuse. The moment you stop, you need to go and make salah. Understand? With the sunnah issue, you are allowed to, de- to make up the sunnah if you miss that sunnah for a reason. We are speaking about the ratiba again, the rawatib. You can make up that sunnah if you missed it for a reason. Like the Prophet missed it in this case for a reason. Also, there's a hadith where he overslept for Salatul Fajr. He overslept for Salatul Fajr. When he woke up, he prayed the two and two. He never only made the, the fard. He prayed the ratiba and then the fard. He prayed the ratiba and then the fard. So, we say that if you missed it for a reason, then you can delay that sunnah and pray it as soon as you can. And pray it as soon as you can. So, you will make asr. And after asr, immediately you will make the two that you missed for after Dhuhr. Is this understood? So this is a lesson that again most people don't know that you can actually make up the Sunnah Salahs. You can actually make up the Sunnah Salahs if you missed it for a reason. If you missed it for a reason. Right? Um, there are also other ahadith that mention that the Prophet he always made Salah after Asr. Two or four raka'at after Asr. Two raka'at after Asr, he never left it. Hadith of Aisha says, he never left it. He always made it. Right? Again, this could be problematic because it's a time it's not permissible. And this was not qada of the, of the sunnah. 
This we say is from the Khasa'is in Nabi Sallam. This was specifically for him only. Only the Prophet was allowed to make the two of the Asr continuously. For no reason. This was allowed. There are many things that are allowed only for the Prophet. Right? This is one of those things. Just like, for example, we saw he was allowed to fast continuously. Wasn't allowed for the rest. We discussed that in the fiqh of Siyam. What did the hadith say? He said to the people, but Allah feeds me and, and gives me drink. What about you? It's not the same. Other issues, right? Number of issues, it's tahajjud. It's fard upon the Prophet but not the rest of us. Right? The marriage issue, more than four wives, but not for the rest of us. And so forth, there is a number of issues. There's books written on this, and there's a hadith on this, chapters of a hadith that deals with khasais and nabis, those things which are specifically for him only. Understand? To make raka'at of the asr, like the two of the asr, consecutively, continuously, is only for the Prophet. This case here is what? Making the sunnah that you might have missed after dhuhr for a reason. You can make it up after asr, we say this is permissible for all. Because this part of the hadith where he said to himself, no, you're not allowed to, is weak. It is not established from the Prophet. So we do not agree with Ibn Uthaymin on this, where he says that this is also specifically to the Prophet only. Ibn Uthaymin says, if it was to happen to us, you must dhur, or the sunnah of the dhur, for a proper reason. Then it comes to asr, you make asr on time. Because its time is not permissible, you can't make the two. You gotta wait till after Maghrib. You gotta wait till after Maghrib. Because he accepts that part of the hadith. Likewise, Ibn Baz and others accept it. Ibn Hajar, Shaghalbani, Shaghal Islam Tamiya, and others say the hadith is weak. That part of the hadith is weak, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. The issue of the two raka'at of the fajr. The issue of the two raka'at of the fajr. Right? We know that the two before Fajr we said is the best of the Rawatib. The best of the Rawatib. So what if you get to the Masjid and the Fard is already on? So you've missed the two before the, the, the Sunnah, before the Fard. You've missed it. Right? Can you make it up after the Salah? Yes, you can. But when do you make it up? That two is so important you should not miss it. So even if you get and the Fard has already started, You've missed the two. What do you do now? You make it up after. This applies to actually any of the, any of the salahs. So the two and the four before the door, if you got to the masjid and the door is on, fard, you join the fard and you can make the four afterwards, the sunnah, and the two that you're supposed to make after, after. Because you missed it for a reason. For example, you left work, you get to the masjid and it's already, you had no chance to make the sunnah. You had no chance to make that four. So you make it up after the fard. And you make the other two for after the fard. Right? The two for after fajr though, we say you make it up after fajr. But when do you make it up? Do you make it up immediately? During the time when it's not permissible to pray? Or do you make it up after the sun has risen? More than a? Spear's length. More than a spear's length we explained last week. Immediately? Immediately, right? Some ulama say immediately. Some ulama say no. You gotta wait until that is up. Then you make, um, then you make it over there. Both you have. I would say you have an option. You can go either way. The best would be to, to wait. The best would be to wait. 
Because in that way, you are safe. Understand? Some of them might say, you can't do it in that time because it's time is forbidden. Other one might say, you can. So if you be cautious and say what? You'll wait till the sun is up. Then you do that. If you can't wait, you make it in its time and immediately after Fajr and this will be accepted bi'idnillahi ta'ala. That's also the view of Sheikh Salih Hazan. He says that you should, if you can wait, then wait. If you cannot wait, then you pray it immediately after Fajr and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Are there any questions? طيب until next week إن شاء الله وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك.